Hey, what's up? My name is Stephen, and I lead Avenue Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, along with my wife and an incredible team. We really have a desire to see people experience God's unconditional love, find their true identity in Christ, and live out their purpose. And we would love to connect with you. You can find us on all social media platforms simply by searching Our Avenue Church. You can also check us out online by going to OurAvenueChurch.com. We really pray that something in this message inspires and equips you to experience the way of life you were created to live in Christ. Enjoy. We're wrapping up a series um, called um, Seasons of Rest, Rhythms of Rest, where we're focusing on the Sabbath. And the Sabbath is an old concept, but actually not a very well-practiced concept, where in the Old Testament, we see um, God giving some instructions and some directives to the children of Israel to take one full, complete day off from sundown on one day till sundown on the next day. How many of you would say that on a regular basis, now we're not counting vacations or long weekends, all right, but on a regular basis, how many of you would say that you completely disconnect for a full 24 hours where you don't think about work, you don't do chores around the house, you do absolutely nothing but chill, love on your family, worship God, read scripture, pray, and just enjoy life. You do it weekly. Raise your hand. Look around. None of us. Why? Because just the very thought of that, like honestly, like I get a little anxiety just thinking about not doing anything for a full 24 hours. Anybody else with me? Come on. It's like there's too much to be done. And so that's why. Here's one of the reasons. We're kind of coming out this um, quarantine COVID season where things are starting to open back up. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, Ella, several weeks ago, we were, we were running, you know, I was picking her up from track practice, then we were going to like band practice and something, and she was like, you know, I kind of miss quarantine. <laughs> I kind of miss quarantine because it was just kind of chill. Like we, we rode our bikes around the park. We had, you know, Julia's bakery brought us like a cookie decorating kit, which was awesome. And so we just spent more time with family. But here's what I'm finding in my life. And I know if it's true in my life, it might be true in yours. Maybe not, though, that as things are opening back up, I'm finding myself speeding back up that this rest that I enjoyed and was so thankful for that I'm now neglecting anybody else with me, right? And so I want to help us as we're kind of getting into the middle of the summer season. We've got vacations. We've got everything else going on. I want us to be prepared for the next school year because, how many you know, when the school year starts and routines get back in and everything, if not, man, you're just blowing and going and we're, our life is like this video, right? Alarm clock goes off. And before we know, we blink and we're setting our alarm clock for the next day. And so we've spent two weeks talking about this concept of Sabbath. And if you want to open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 31, we'll look at a passage of scripture there. And actually next week, um, next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday, next Sunday, we are not going to have in-person service. Okay. Um, being portable brings a lot of challenges and a lot of work. And so about two to three times a year, we're going to try to do a Sabbath Sunday for our team um, so that they can rest because it is a lot of work. And also, 
We don't want church just to become another routine for you, but we want you to be able to carve out some time for a Sabbath because to to jump into this cold turkey and to try to start doing once a week is almost impossible, okay? It's almost impossible. If I can get you to do it once a month, man, I'm winning, right? Hashtag winning. If I can get you to do this three times a year, man, we're off to a good start. And so last week we talked about the the whys of Sabbath and we looked in scripture, the messages up on the podcast. I want to encourage you, go back and take a listen to that. Um, and today we're going to jump into the practical things, the nuts and the bolts of what it is to Sabbath. And so this word Sabbath is not really something that we use a lot, but you may have heard the word sabbatical. Anybody ever heard the word sabbatical? A lot of times, you know, people who are teachers or they're um, like uh, researchers or they work just all the time, they will take what's called a sabbatical. And what that is, is that is a rest from work, an extended rest from work. And the reason why it turns into like weeks at a time is guess what? They're not not doing their weekly or monthly Sabbath rest. And so kind of you just get built up and get overtired close to burnout. And so you have to take this expended time, extended time. And how many of you know that if you do a little bit all the time, it's much more helpful than trying to do a whole lot at once. My great grandmother had this saying, some of you may have heard it, a stitch in time saves Nine. Come on. My sewers in here know that, right? If you if you take one stitch at a time, slowly you um, have less risk of messing up and having to do a bunch of stuff over. And so this word Sabbath, this word Sabbath is means to cease, to stop working, and to take rest. And, and we know that this is one of the commandments, right, of the Big Ten. You know, whether you're in church a lot, you've heard of the Ten Commandments. And one of the Ten Commandments that God gave the children of Israel was this command to rest, to have one day a week, six days to do your ordinary, regular work. But the seventh day is to be the what? Sabbath, a complete day of rest, a holy day dedicated and honored to the Lord. And if we were to be completely honest, like, this is probably the commandment that is talked about the least, preached about the least, but it's probably broken the most. Would you agree? Mm Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I don't have a lot of murderers in this room, okay? Maybe. I'll do some background checks, right? We'll see. Probably don't have a lot of murderers in this room. Don't have a lot of thieves. But we probably have some Sabbath breakers. Raise your hand if you're a Sabbath breaker. Come on. Woo! Let's celebrate. No. <laughs> because <laughs> Scripture clearly says that if you break one, sa- one commandment, guess what? You're guilty of breaking them all. Let that settle just a minute. Sometimes in church and and as a believer, we can get so holy that I don't steal, I don't covet, I don't take the Lord's name in vain unless I stub my toe and then Jesus forgives me, right? I I don't break all these other commandments, but many of us in this room are guilty of breaking the command of the Sabbath, and by breaking that, we're guilty of breaking them all. So point at your neighbor and say, you're guilty. Now say, I know, I'm guilty too, all right? <laughs> so that we're all on the same plane. And so here's, here's what this is. is. The Sabbath is a day of rest, and it's actually been around since creation. And I want you guys to get this concept. So when God was spending the six days to create the heavens and the earth and you know the birds and the bees, the plants and the trees, and like all these things, and he creates man in these six days, 
And then on the seventh day, he rested. And I want you to understand this, okay? Man was created on the sixth day. The seventh day was God's day of rest. So man's first day in all of creation was not a day of work. Man's first day in all of creation was a day of rest with his creator. But so many of us try to live out this Christian walk as we're working from salvation. But instead, we are resting in salvation. And so I really want us, I want us to be healthy. And I really believe that, that in order for us to do this, guys, we have to understand and, and begin to practice this concept of Sabbath. And this is something that really God had to keep reminding the children of Israel. Like we see this, like if you read the book of Exodus, which is an incredible story to read, but you will see this reoccurring theme over and over and over. Like the Israelites were just hard headed for over 450 years. They'd been slaves working each and every single day. And God says, look, I'm giving you the day day of Sabbath as, as a gift to enjoy. It's, it's a command that I want you to follow. It's a reminder of my relationship with you. And in, in chapter 31, we'll start in verse 12. God is giving these instructions again. And it says, the Lord then gave these instructions to Moses. Tell the people of Israel, be what? Careful to keep my Sabbath day, for the Sabbath day is a sign of the covenant between me and you from generation to generation. It's given so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. You must keep the what? Sabbath day, for it is a holy day. Anyone who desecrates or does not, it must be put to death. Anyone who works on that day will be cut off from community. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day must be a Sabbath day of what? Complete rest, a holy day. And it just keeps going. Anyone who works on this day must be put to death. The people of Israel must keep the Sabbath day by observing it from generation to generation. This is a covenant obligation for all time. It's a permanent sign of my covenant with all the people of Israel. For in six days, everyone say six. Six days the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he stopped working and was refreshed. Now listen, I know I read a lot of passages of scriptures there. I read you five. That's a lot, right? It's like, oh my gosh, is he ever, listen, come on. We need to read more than five and, and, and not be bored. But here's the thing. In five scriptures, in five passages, you want to know how many times God told the children of Israel to obey the Sabbath? Five times. <laughs> All right. How many times, like, have you told your kids something and you have to tell them again and again and again and again. All the moms and dads are like, mm, preach it, preach it, right? No, but how many times? Like, I just told you this. Five times in a row, God says, obey the Sabbath, follow the Sabbath, honor the Sabbath, rest in the Sabbath, or I will kill you. Basically, he says, you'll be cut off, you'll be stoned. It's like, there's been many times like, kid, if you don't listen to me, I swear I'm going to kill you. Right? We don't say that out loud, but it's like, you know, I'm not going to kill you, but I'll make you wish you were dead. You know, I'm just kidding. No, it's like, you got to listen to me. And what God is saying is, look, you got to listen to me. And I said this last week. I'm thankful that the command is not followed, that I'm thankful that the consequence of breaking that command is not followed because we wouldn't be having church right now because nobody would be here. All right. <laughs> 
you wouldn't be here. But here's what I said last week, and I believe it to be true because I feel it in my own spirit, guys, in my own soul in this season, that, that we're not dying physically as a result, but I think some of us were dying spiritually, emotionally, even relationally and spiritually. And there is physical, scientific evidence that says when you're not resting and you're always stressed out and you're always worried and you're always running, that takes a physical toll on you. That's why we have folks with super high blood pressure. That's why we have folks who, like I was, like I was looking, like, did you know stress? Too much cortisol in your system can cause you to gain weight in this area only. And so like, if, like it's getting harder for me to preach because I have to hold my breath more because my shirts are getting tighter. And if I turn sideways, it's my, <laughs> my silhouette is different, right? Is that like we overeat when we're stressed out, right? We, we, we do things that we wouldn't normally do because we're stressed out. And here's what we've got to come to a place and do it. And I'm not saying we all need an extra vacation. I'm not saying we're working for a long weekend because here's the thing. Like, there's no weekend in Scripture. There's no weekend in Scripture. There's no two days off in Scripture. There's one day off in Scripture. So I'm not saying we stop working. It's just we have to be more diligent and consistent and intentional with our time so that we can take the full 24 hours. And I know like to, to think about this can be overwhelming. So here's what happens is when we um, are honoring the Sabbath, we have this stronger reliance on God because for 24 hours, we're not doing any of the work. We're trusting him to make sure everything that's taken care of, he's taking care of, or it's gonna be there when it's time for us to pick it back up. Spending that time with him gives us a deeper relationship with God. Spending that time with, with him gives us a greater refreshing from God. Everybody take a deep breath. Man, like so many times we just need like a deep, man, like think about jumping into cold water when you're super hot, just how refreshing that is. Unless you can't swim very well, then it's deadly, right? Think, think about like when you're super hot and you get that cold drink of water and it goes, like you can feel it go all the way down your throat, right? All the way down into your chest. And it's like, oh, that's so, that's what God wants for you and I spiritually. But if we're not careful, we allow these things to, to interrupt and prevent us. And I call them Sabbath Todgers. Come on, put a <laughs> sabotagers, sabotagers. And anytime I hear the word sabotage, I think of the, the Beastie Boys song from back in the 90s. Come on. We're going to set it straight, this Watergate, right? Nobody. You guys don't even know who the Beastie Boys are. I'm going to have to educate you, okay? Good music, people. But if we're not careful, we will allow these things in our life to sabotage our Sabbath. We will allow these things to interrupt and disconnect us from the deeper relationship that God has. And, and, and they're obvious things. The first one is a full schedule, is an over, over full schedule. And honestly, like I tell my mom all the time, I don't remember you looking as tired as I feel when I was a kid. I mean, I feel like our kids are way more involved and we feel like, we have to keep them involved to help our pride and our identity to make sure we feel like a good mom, a good dad, giving them plenty of opportunities to do things that they want to do. Um, this, this conversation of Sabbath came up a lot while I was in California a couple of weeks ago with the dads in the room. And it was like, like, how do you, like, what do you say no to? 
what do you say no to? Because in our world today, like it used to be, I would say 20, 30 years ago, like Wednesdays and Sundays, there wasn't a whole lot going on in the South because that was traditionally a church day, right? But we see that boundary line getting pushed further and further and further to where like travel ball now practices on Sundays. I've talked to a couple here that they're, 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 youngest daughter does cheer and they have cheer competitions on Sunday mornings now. And so there was one Sunday, man, I gave them a big high five. They, they had to be in Nashville at 830 for a cheer, cheer competition. So they got up, went there, and then they came back here for church. But I'm like, when, like, where do we set our boundaries? And what happens is we keep this full schedule and then we start to pump the brakes and anxiety starts to kick in. And so anxiousness is a real sabotager for those of us who are productive addicts. And we've read like Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week and, and listened to all these podcasts of, of how to be super productive. And then we come to a day and you're asking me not to be productive. I don't like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, like, like I've got to check off some boxes. Like I need that, that dopamine hit from where I've checked off and I've completed my to-do list for today. Da-da-da, right? We need that. Or even, like, I know people in my life that they are addicted to the stress. Like, they do things. I'm like, why are you doing that? It's so much easier to do it this way. And they're making everybody around them stressed. And, and they almost go into a depression when they're not stressed out. And for those of us in here who, who have that work schedule and we start to pump the brakes and take a couple hours off, like, like for me, that didn't used to be me, but that's becoming me. Because of my responsibility and role in this season, it takes me a good day or two to unwind before I can actually relax. And then as close to the end of my vacation, guess what, what's happening on the last couple of days? I start getting anxious. I got stuff I need to, you know what, I can get a head start if I go ahead and start now and just kind of shorten my vacation. Anybody tracking with me? We have this anxiety that starts to creep in because our body gets used to it. Um, and then, like for me, guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is a very real sabotager to keep us from enjoying, enjoying the Sabbath. And so you're not producing, you're not productive, and there's so much more I could have done. I know I need to be enjoying this time together. And this is, this is where I get a little crazy. I start feeling bad because I'm off, but I'm not taking off. Okay, And then I start feeling bad that I'm working when I'm supposed to be off. I start having shame about my shame. And I thought that was just crazy. And I was listening to a podcast from Brene Brown this past week, and there's actually a term for it. It's called meta shame. It's when you feel shame about your shame. I really shouldn't feel this way, but I do. And I feel bad that I feel this way. Anybody else crazy with me? Come on. Like you take off and you feel bad that you're not working. So you start working a little bit and then you feel bad that you're working, that you're taking off. It's like, I don't know what to do. That's because we haven't set this healthy rhythm of rest. And we are carrying all this guilt and shame that we're not meant to carry because we're meant to rest. Another one I think is like absolute. And really, this is kind of the core of these other three. It's this one little three-letter word. It starts with a P, ends with an E. What is it? Nobody knows. Awesome. Because you don't have it. Maybe just me. Pride. Pride. Oh, five-letter. Everyone's like, you can't count, Pastor <laughs> Everyone's like, you need to go back to school. <laughs> like, here's the thing. My degree is in elementary education. 
I'm just going to leave that there. Your children are in much better hands without me in the classroom. And you're like, and you're leading a church. Uh, you know, God uses all kinds of people. There's hope for you too, right? But this pride is a real deal because pride tells us we have to do more. Pride tells us if I don't produce, people are depending on me. Pride tells us I'm not worthy if I don't produce. Pride tells us that we put our um, identity in what we do. And really, like, two weeks ago, and you guys are going to get lots of pity sermons from my trip to California because God spoke to me in so many new ways because I was completely, like, disconnected. And I was in the room with, like, guys I had no business being in a room with, not that they're, like, convicts or anything, but, like, these are, these are, like, golf pros and lawyers that charge $1,000 an hour. And so I learned so much from being with these guys. And one of them talked about pride, understanding um, like our significance and, and combating our pride is he said, take your finger and dip it in a cup of water and pull it out. The water doesn't try to hold on to you. It doesn't try to keep you in. It doesn't change. When you pull your finger out of the cup of water, guess what? It's still water. And sometimes we think in our own mind, and, and it is with the best intentions at times, because it is with me, is that I think if I'm not there, it's not, it's, it's not going to get done. If I'm not there, it's not going to get done the right way, which is my way, which is the only way. And so what we do is we keep pushing forward, we keep working, we keep striving, and it comes from good intentions. But what happens slowly over time, guys, is, is that we start to deteriorate, we start to break down, and actually, like Scripture says, is, is we die because we're allowing these things to sabotage our rest. And so what does this look like practically? Nuts and bolts, like how do we piece this together? And look, like I said, if I can get you to do this once a month, that's great. I'm not telling you to, even though it's a command, it's like, so you're telling me to sin? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that to make changes in our life, sometimes it takes some time to walk into it. Because if we don't walk into it, we'll try to go out and we'll fail and we'll fail and we'll get back up, and pretty soon we're like, I can't, I can't do it. And if I can get you just to do this once a month, I really believe you will be a better husband. I really believe you'll be a better wife. I believe you'll be a better mother, a better father, because you'll be a stronger believer. You'll have a closer relationship with Jesus. And if I can get you to do this um, twice a month, you'll be even healthier. So, so when do we do this? So some of you are probably like, you've already got your phone out looking at your calendar. <laughs> it's like, where can I pencil Jesus in on this month, <laughs> right? Where can I put him in? Traditionally, it started on Friday night, 6 p.m., and went to Saturday night, 6 p.m., the start of the weekend. Um, in modern cultures, like today, the Sabbath is considered what? Sunday. It's the Lord's Day, right? That's when we go to church. Sunday will never be my Sabbath. Can my setup team get an amen? <laughs> right? Because there is work to be done for us on a Sunday. So does that mean that I have permission to break a Sabbath because, you know, I can't take it on a Sunday? No. 
Maybe your Sabbath is not going to be on a Sunday. Maybe your Sabbath can't even be on a Friday to Saturday because you work Friday to Saturday. So maybe your off day in the week is a Tuesday or Wednesday. Set that day as your Sabbath. Pick a day. Pick a day. Look at your neighbor. Say, pick a day. Okay, and it's not confined to any particular day. Paul says this actually, he, he, he kind of gives us a little liberty here in Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, um, we'll look at verses four and six. He says, who are you to condemn someone else's servant? And so there was some criticism here uh, between like the new Christians and the Jewish Christians on what day is holy and what you can eat, what you can drink, you know, when you can celebrate, when you can eat these things. And so, and so he's trying to prevent this criticism. He says, who are you to condemn someone else's master? Look, if you're a believer, they're not your servant. They, you are um, Jesus's servant. So what he's saying is don't condemn another believer for what day they want to celebrate because they're not your servant. They're Jesus's servant. So he's saying, look, don't condemn someone else's servant. Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. Verse five, in the same way, some think one day is more holy than another, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced whichever day you choose is acceptable. This is why. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. And look, he, he says this, whatever day you choose, be fully convinced. Whatever day you choose, be fully committed. So as we're working through this and as we're trying to put this into practice and the day that you choose, and we're going to give you a day next, next Sunday, like Sunday instead of being here, start Saturday night if you're able to. Be committed to that day and spend all day on Sunday as a Sabbath. You don't have to get up and go to church. You may have plans to barbecue or, you know, fireworks and celebrate all that stuff in the evening. But spend Saturday night till Sunday night Sabbathing. And then after that, pick a day. But be fully committed, fully convinced that this is the day that you're not just taking a day off. I don't want you to misunderstand me. I'm not wanting you to just take another day off. But I want you to pick a day and be committed in resting in your relationship with your creator. And so we're going to give you some, some kind of ideas and, and things to do that. On your way out um, at the Connection Center, we have some packets. It's Rhythms of Rest. And um, there's a book that came out last year called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Has anyone heard of it? Um, I hear it's incredible. I've ordered it. I, I have it. I've lost it. Okay. So I, I read, I read like the first chapter. I was like, this is so incredible. And then I was going to take it with me to California and I put it somewhere where I would remember to get it. And I forgot where I put it. So, but, but this is an excerpt from a workbook because in that book, he talks about the importance of Sabbath. And so on your way out, please let us give you tools to help walk this out next week or the next week whenever God um, puts it on your heart to do this. But um, it just helps give you some steps. But let me give you some components, all right? Let me give you some real simple components that, that you can incorporate in your day so you don't get overwhelmed, all right? The first thing is this, all right? Mind blown. Are you ready? I want you to rest. Duh, Stephen. <laughs> but what does that look like for you? When you set the day, 
go to bed early the night before because we want to start the Sabbath actually the night before. So turn off all electronics, turn off all your screens, put away all your work, go to bed early for once. And then the next morning, sleep in. Some of you guys look at me like, are you crazy? (laughs) Yes, however you guys work that with the kids, duct tape and rope works incredible, all right? (laughs) My middle daughter actually woke up this morning at like five o'clock. She came to my room, she's like, dad, I had a bad dream. And you know, I'm a great dad, like, go back to bed. It's just a dream. (laughs) You know, I'm not like consoling her walking. I was like, go back to bed, it's just a dream. I gotta be up in 30 minutes, stop. And so I wake up to get ready and I go to go out the door and there's a note on the door. It says, wait, dad. Wake me up, I'm going with you. And so she, instead of going back to bed, she went and got ready and fell back asleep on the couch. So she came early with me this morning, Uh, right? But any other time, she's like, Dad, don't wake me up, right? However you need to work that with your kids, duct tape, rope, bribe them, whatever. But stay, or even this, if you have kids, when they get up, stay in bed, let them get in bed with you and take an extra hour. Stay in your PJs till noon, so you're like, really? Yeah, stay. don't cook breakfast. Go to Krispy Kreme. Go to Dunkin'. Go to Waffle House. Or if you really look, if, if you enjoy, Waffle House is incredible, guys. <laughs> it really, really is. Come on. They give you so many plates. What is that? They give you like one, like one plate for a biscuit, one plate for eggs, one plate for bacon. It all fits nicely on one plate, guys. Come on, it's not that hard. But whatever you need to do to take the day slower, don't be productive. Have no agenda on what you want to accomplish other than resting, other than enjoying God's presence. So make sure that we rest. Stop all productivity. Second thing is this, is reflect. When God was was creating everything, on the last day, it said he looked back at creation and said it was what? good. How many times do we just stop and we look at what we have, what we've actually accomplished to this point, and say that it's good? And so I want you to reflect on your life. And for some of you, like, this is real introspective, and like, you're just, like, I'm analytical. I get things done. I don't think about things. So I'm asking you to stop and think about things. Take inventory of your life. Assess what you have. Then, then you know, take uh, value in what you have, and then appreciate what you have Stop and smell the roses. You know, I stop and look at the roses because I don't have a sense of smell. So I'm like, those are pretty. I don't know how they smell. But walk slowly through a crowd. Reflect on what you have. And the second thing is this, is like, this is obvious. Pray. Rest, reflect, pray. There's a scripture that says, you know, pray without ceasing. Like, what does that look like? For you, like I was talking to one of our um, team members this past week, and when we did a series back at the beginning of our church, I talked about how like early on, like it was hard for me to pray for like 10 or 15 minutes, and now I can pray and read my, my, my Bible for an hour, you know, sometimes two, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's already been two hours? Like, like how does this, how did the time go by so fast? 
And I was talking to him. He's like, man, I thought that was crazy that you can read and pray for two hours. Like, I am read or pray for 15 minutes and I'm done. But here's what's happened is he has started making that a part of his practice. And now 30 minutes goes by without even blinking an eye. And so let me encourage you. Block out 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes at lunch, 15 minutes in the afternoon, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes, or an hour in the morning, an hour in the afternoon. And there may be some awkward silence between you and God, but that's completely okay because guess what? You're being intentional and you are in his presence. You may not have an incredible worship team. You may not have the Holy Ghost goosebumps. You may not have any of that, but he is there because he is a God who keeps his appointments. And he promises that if you look for him, you will find him. And every once in a while, and it's been quite a while since I've done this, Francis Chan in one of his books talked about doing a silent retreat where he would just go away and go camping. And so back in, this was actually 10 years ago when I went back and found my notes. It was 10 years ago in June of 2011. I did that. I knew there were some changes coming up in my life and and I just really knew that I needed to get along with the Lord. And it had been like, I don't think I'd ever, this was probably my first Sabbath where I'm like, I'm going out like in the middle of the woods and it's kind of like Steve Carell in the office, you know, it's just like this guy doesn't do that. But I took my Inu hammock and I took a backpack with some bold, like with some water and a teapot and some ramen noodles in case I got hungry. I was like, I'll make a fire and boil some water and eat some ramen. And so like I spent the night and I was really bored. I was like, God, I don't know how this works. It was like an awkward first date. You don't know what to do, really. And so then I get up the next morning, and, and I pray, and I read Scripture, and I'm, you know, I, I do this thing. Holy Spirit, show me where to read. And I would pray that the wind would blow my Bible to the page, and I would just receive this great revelation from God, and it, was, it would be so, like, Disney dramatic. And it wasn't. The wind stopped blowing. <laughs> it was like, I don't know what to do. And so I was like, God, I, I really, and this was, guys, I'm telling you, this was a season I really, really needed to hear from God. And so I just had this weird um, inclination just to begin reading scripture out loud. There was nobody around. I was like, what if somebody hears me? He's like, there's nobody here, dude. And so, and I even went one more step. There was a stump over to the side. And so I stood up on this stump. And I just began reading scripture out loud. And I started in Psalm 104. And I was like, God, I know that you're here. I need to hear from you. And I began reading in Psalm 104. And I began reading in Psalm 105. And then I get to about midway in Psalm 105. And and in verse 14, it says, Yet he did not let anyone oppress them. He warned kings on their behalf. And I like... Like I'm reading and, you know, I started out like all theatrical and then I got tired. And so I'm just reading it out loud. It's like he said, then there were a few number. And verse, verse 15 says, do not touch my chosen people. Do not hurt my prophets. Verse 16 says he called for a famine on the land of Canaan, cutting off its food supply. And then I get to verse 17. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave They bruised his feet with fetters and placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams. The Lord tested Joseph's character, and I stopped. And I knew, even though I didn't like what it said, (laughs) I knew that was the word God had for me. 
And I go back and I'm like, no, give me another one. I don't like this one. <laughs> I don't like this. And so then he sent someone to Egypt. He was sold as a slave. He bruised his feet with fetters. But verse 19, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. And I thought that that passage was for the next year that I would endure at the church I was leading at because there was some leadership change and it was a tough season for, for me. I learned a lot. And I thought it was for that season. But then I look where I'm at now. And the dream that God gave me in 2009 of planning a church in Murfreesboro And he sure enough tested my character the last two years and even years before that. But now just to look and to see what God has done, not, not through me, but what he's done through the team that I have and in this city and the lives that have been changed. And, and had I not taken that 24 hours and just shut everything off, I would have missed that. Because I would have read right past that. I was like, that's definitely not for me. Why would God give me that scripture, that he's going to put me in chains and test my character? No, thank you. <laughs> but because I had quieted my soul enough, I knew, even though I didn't like it, that was for me. And that was 10 years ago. And I didn't realize it was 10 years ago until I was going back and studying for this. See, when we shut everything off, we're able to hear God's voice much more clearly. And so many times we try to cram in all that we need to hear and all that God wants to say into 10 or 15 minutes in the morning or 10 or 15 minutes in the evening and we've done our quiet time, God, but you're not speaking. It's because we're not setting aside that extra time, that 24 hours where we can hear from him. And so it's my heart that as you pray, as you read and as you worship, that you will hear God in a new way and a new message, or maybe even a reminder of something that he wants to speak to you specifically. And so we rest, we reflect, we pray. And this is also the fun part I want you to do. I want you to play. You like how that rhymes? Rest, reflect, pray, and play. Scripture um, in Isaiah says this, and I, I love the way the message puts it. It says, if you watch your step, and I'm kind of jumping ahead Guys, for the screen, Isaiah 58, 13 says, If you watch your step on the Sabbath and don't use my holy day as a day for personal advantage, if you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a day of celebration, if you honor it by refusing business as usual, by making money, running here and there, running errands, then you will be, be free to enjoy God. We forget that God wants us to enjoy him. We think that he just wants us to obey him. That is a part of the relationship. But he also wants you and I to enjoy a relationship with him. And that comes through playtime. So I'm giving you permission to have a playtime. So many times as we get older and we become adults, we forget to play. We forget to laugh. Because in the seriousness of the day, in the seriousness of our struggles, like we lose that, that awe. And a few years ago um, in Jackson, our, um, 
our community, some of the churches in the community, they would get together and they would pray. And it, I'll be like, it wasn't something I necessarily enjoyed going to, but it was awesome to connect with other churches because it was an hour during lunch. And again, the reason why I didn't enjoy it is because I had stuff to do, if I want to be real with you. And so they would always give us these prayer points on what we needed to pray over for that day. And so we'd be prepared. And this one lady was going to get up and they had asked her to pray for entertainment, for entertainment. I thought that was weird. And, and to be honest, like in complete transparency, she got up and I was like, well, this is going to be interesting because like she just had that look like, like she looked like a crazy old lady, like not even going to lie. But your pastor has those thoughts sometime. I'm still human. I still bleed. I'm flesh. And so I had this like I had these preconceived notions about what I thought she was going to get real legalistic about entertainment and what we should watch and what we should listen to. But she got up and she started praying and she prayed that we would leave entertainment and move towards recreation. And I was like, what does she mean? Because entertainment is a distraction. We want to be entertained. We want to forget about our day. We want to sit down, put on Netflix, just let it go to one show after the other and be entertained. We want to be distracted. But when it comes to recreation, guess what the words are? To recreate. See, when we're involved in recreation, we're involved in the work that the creator did with us, that we were created. And now we are in, in part creating of our own. Now, whether that's just like you want to paint, draw, puzzles, whatever, don't just spend your playtime being entertained. Don't just binge Netflix. Don't just sit there. But what can you do that is going to fill you up? And so one, I heard a pastor say one time, like, like if, you, if you work with your mind, play with your hands. If you work with your hands, play with your mind. If you work with your hands, play with your mind. For me, all of my work is head work. And so my playtime, believe it or not, I love yard work. Anybody else? This guy's like, you are crazy. I told you, I am. Like, I love, for me, that is just, I used to hate it because that's, my dad always had me on the weekends. Just instead of with my friends, I was doing yard work with him. But now I find so much joy, so much um, refreshing in doing yard work, so much pride, so much so. And like, I finally got my yard where I wanted it. Posted a nice little dad picture on Instagram on how good my yard looked. Went to California for a week, came back. It's got dead spots all in it. It's like, come on. But if you work with your mind and you're always thinking, find ways that you can recreate with your hands. If you're always working with your hands in physical labor, what can you do to rest your hands and refresh your mind? And I don't want you to get legalistic about this. I want you to say, all right, look, what, what drains me and what fills me up? What drains me and what fills me up? I'm going to ask you this question. Looking at all this and creating a day, and I know I'm going long today, but I hope you're leaning in on this. What do you need to say no to so you can say yes to Sabbath? What do you need to say no to? Maybe once a month so you can say yes to a full 24 hours. Because in this last season, I've not taken a full 24 hours. I'll take maybe a half a day on Monday, a little time on Friday, and a little time on Saturday. And I'm just getting pieces here and there. But what would happen if you took a full day to refresh and recharge and reconnect with your creator? 
And I don't want you to get legalistic about it, but I don't want you to get lazy about it. And I want you to listen to this, Mark chapter 2, verses 27, as we get ready to land. Mark chapter 2, verses 27. Jesus is with his disciples, and they were walking through a field, and the disciples had taken some, some heads of grain from the wheat. They were breaking it open and eating it. And some Pharisees, some religious people, caught them in the act. They're like, you're breaking the Sabbath. Like, do you not know? Like, you're not supposed to harvest grain in the Sabbath. And they had really just taken a couple of handfuls and was eating it. And Jesus was like, did David not take the bread from the table in the tabernacle? Like, you guys are getting overly religious. And he makes a statement. I want this to sink into your spirit. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. I don't want you to hear me saying all this and think, well, I'm going to hell if I don't like, like meet the Sabbath. The Sabbath wasn't created just for you to follow. It wasn't another requirement, a command just for you to follow. It was created to meet your needs, to meet your needs in connecting with your creator in refreshing and recharging your soul and your spirit. And so I don't want it to be a drudge. I want it to get to a place where it's a delight. I'm gonna have the worship team come back up and um, I wanna read you the lyrics to this song that Chad's gonna sing for us. And it's by Elevation in Maverick City. It's called Used to This because here's, here's what you and I are used to is let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Schedule, go, schedule, go. The idea of 24 hours, we're not used to, right? But the song says this. It says, time stands still. Whenever I'm with you, no more important places to go. There's no rush. I'm not in a hurry. It's okay to take it slow. Minutes turn into hours, and it doesn't really matter I just want you. You're the only one I'm after. Spirit, come in power. I just want you. And it says, and Lord, forgive me. I've been too busy trying to do this on my own. Your embrace is what I'm missing. It says, minutes turn into hours. It doesn't really matter. I just want you. You're the only one I'm after. I want us to close our eyes and bow our heads. And for some of you, like, I can see in this room, like, this is, this has hit you because you're tired, you're weary, you're burdened, and you know you need a day of rest, like active rest to where you're focusing on these things that we've talked about, but you don't even know where to start. And if that's you, I pray just as they sing through the song a time or two that you just allow the Holy Spirit just to work in your heart, in your life, to strengthen you, to bring you to a closer place with Him. And so, Father, I, just as the next couple of moments, as we take a little extra time today to not rush through, Father, I pray that you speak to our hearts the importance of getting used to resting in you and fighting against always being in a hurry. So Father, we thank you.